so welcome back to the Beast Game podcast. And today we are talking about Transformers Rise of the Beast. This is another Transformers movie, technically a prequel. The last one would have been Bumblebee, which I think this is a sequel to Bumblebee. Bumblebee was one of the prequels. A prequel. Mm-mm, sequel. Because Bumblebee was like early 80s, I think. Yeah, it was 84, 85, something like that. Yeah. It was maybe like 10 years prior. There was a young girl, she finds Bumblebee, and then that kind of starts off this whole path, the Transformers movies that would have been the Shia LaBeouf movies. So this one takes place in the 90s with a whole entirely different cast. Last ones, the last official ones that weren't prequels had Mark Wahlberg in it, and oh god, those things are terrible. This one is directed by Steven Kaplan Mm -hmm. Jr. Yeah, that's it done creed 2 which is probably the most well known and he's also done he wrote some, it right yeah had also done some grownish mostly like tv stuff it's written by joby harrell darnell meta year and josh peters and it stars anthony ramos dominique fishback luna lauren velez during the 90s a new faction of the transformers the maximals joined the autobots as allies in the battle for Earth, the movie starts off kind of on a battle sequence where all the Maximals are kind of just standing at attention at the fact that Scourge and also Unicron are coming for this planet that they have retreated to. And there's a big battle sequence, and then Scourge is just basically collecting trophies of dead Maximals, Autobots, and stuff. So then they're starting to set their sights on Earth, which then you are kind of introduced to the Noah Diaz, Anthony Ramos's character, family person also. He has a brother that's sick and his mom works all the time, but he's former military, inadvertently turned to a life of crime. He's really just trying to help his brother through whatever illness that he has. And it's during, about family. It's yeah, about family. about family. But during the course of this initial heist, the car that he's trying to steal is an Autobot. That car is Pete Davidson, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Yeah, but the car that he tries to steal then takes him to all the Autobots, and then you kind of get to this point where then the next storyline is Dominique Fishback's character, the intelligent Negro, works at a museum, and she gets a piece that she hasn't seen before. They think it's Egyptian. It's not Egyptian, but this contains one element of what the Maximals were trying to protect in that first scene. At some point, the Autobots realize that that one piece of the key is with Donnie Fishback at the museum, send Noah Diaz, Anthony Ramos' character in there to seal it, and that kind of sets off on this larger path of finding the Maximals, trying to stop Unicron. So we're going to go to the person that we had spent time in foreign countries looking for Transformers, and he had bought one, <laughs> and I think it was a Megatron to turn into a second Genesis. Was that right, Matt? That is 100% correct. Yeah. Matt has a collection of Transformers, like a thorough collection of Transformers. But how do you feel about Transformers Rise of the Beast? Well, I really like this movie a lot compared to the Michael Bay movies. I mean, I probably liked it a lot more uh, than the explosion-generated movies that he came out with before. This does pay homage to a lot of things from the cartoon movie. He actually paid attention to it. Even a lot of little Easter eggs that was popping up. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. I wasn't really feeling the whole Wheeljack looks like Urkel 
that kind of irked me a little bit because I'm like, dude, really? We have the DNA on what he's supposed to look like, and here he is a little van. So I wasn't really feeling that. But overall, it was pretty good, although I kind of felt the rise of the beasts or whatever you want to call them. I never really did grow up with them, so I wasn't fond with them to begin with. But it seemed more of like cameo of the beasts rather than rise of the beasts because they didn't rise anything because they were just villains. They're more cameos than the other characters. I mean, they really should have just been little... the Dinobots or something, man. I know they had already done that with, I think, the last night. Which one was that? Like the uh, Age No, of Age of Extinction. They all run together, but they had already done that. It really should have just been the Dinobots, and that would have made more sense. But go ahead. No, I think it would have, but uh, I hope that if they ever do reintroduce them, they introduce them properly because I don't know what in the world those things were. They just looked horrible. They kind of look like Power Ranger enemies, except very tall. I hope if they do do it, that they bring it back the way it should be, where Wheeljack creates them, because I think that'd probably be more accurate and then more of, all right, these dudes are actually powerful other than just some random robots that just blow stuff up. But then that's Michael Bay's formula. As far as the thing that I think that differentiates this compared to previous Transformer movies is that the humans played a part of it, but they didn't play a big part of it. Not a lot for them to do other than run around during the battle, but go ahead. For them to have that vital role in the last five minutes, I really wasn't feeling. Because I'm like, how is it all of a sudden some girl that couldn't even hold a curator's jock strap could save the world in technology that she's never used before to decipher and save the world? That, well, okay. Black girl magic, Matt. I'm not doubting that there's magic to it, but I'm pretty sure when it comes to alien technology that it probably won't supersede that. Well, it's all based off of them going to Peru, but like wherever they were, Namor probably came over and like shared uh, Namor, <laughs> really? <laughs> shared the Wakandan <laughs> culture or something. I don't know. I'm just making things up. But go ahead. And then the whole exoskeleton thing at the end, I'm like, really? Well, that's kind of like the Power Rangers. Like, that's really what it turned into. This is a spoiler. Never mind. Good. Right. Good, Matt. Feeling that, okay, this little human exosuit, at least that's what it was, cartoon, was able to lift a huge Optimus Prime with, what, 50 mile per hour winds in the background? How is that possible? That's not possible. Well, as the world was being sucked up into Unicron. <laughs> He willed himself. Brain off. He willed himself to save Optimus Prime. He needed to protect his family. All right. No, no, and it wasn't just that. He wanted to protect Earth as well. You know, like, <laughs> but what Optimus is what, like two, three tons? I mean, no, probably you, more than that. No, way more than that. <laughs> well, way more than that. Plus 50, 60 mile per hour winds. No, no, it was more than that too. Like, it's just he can barely stay on a bridge without wind. All I kept thinking about that was in Spaceballs with the vacuum and the maze backing up the planet. That's all I kept thinking about. That made no sense. I'm just sitting there just rolling my eyes like, really? This ranks up there with, what is it, The Last Night? Was that the, the movie Transformers, The Last Night? Yeah, that one was really dumb. A, a young actor that was able to get on a top secret base. Everyone loves us C-130s. The stupidity of that ranks up there with that. I just heard going underneath some underground tunnel that apparently the bad guys didn't know about was an obvious weakness. To go ahead and disable that little bridge 
mini Iron Man. No. I think that really jacked it up for me at the end. The Overall, a lot better movie than previously, and I highly recommend watching it. But just that last five minutes, ugh, ten minutes, it was cringeworthy for me as a Transformer fan. I understand that. I understand what they had to do, but that was probably not the right way that they could have done it. Overall, better movie than any Michael Bay crap that he's put out. All I right. enjoyed it. Just the last 10 minutes. Uh-uh. Wait, you didn't like any of the Michael Bay movies? First one the first one, one was good. Everything else after that, no. The third one's rocking, dude. Dark it's of the, the one where he fought um, Dark of the Moon. <laughs> he fought him. Yeah. Fought everybody, yo. It's like uh, Optimus Prime was just destroying shit, yo. But Leonard Nimoy, he was about to destroy him. He's like, I will crush you. Like, <laughs> slow walk through the whole base. He was like, I'm a prime. I don't. You don't listen to me. I do what I want to do. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> just I, just, I found that one more funny than anything, to be honest with you. That way it was supposed to be funny, yo. It was ironic, yo. He's like, I'm a prime. I do what I want to do. <laughs> like, you can't do this. Uh, you stole all this shit to transform and rolled out. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, okay. Ain't no one Go was going to stop him. No, you can't stop him, though. No. Can't stop him. In fact, I'm going to watch that, this shit again. You know? It was a good movie. The movie was good, but I don't think it was better than this particular movie. Okay. I'd rank that probably number three. Got it. And then this one, a two, and then the first one, number one. All right, Keith. We're going to have to disagree with Matt. Appreciated the designs. I thought they looked nice. It was a nice nostalgic feeling. And I'll admit that this story made more sense. The storytelling was a lot better in this one than Michael Bay's movie. Um, Just say Michael Bay generally starts off with big action pieces first and then wraps the story around it. This seems a little more cohesive. Yeah, exactly. He's all about set pieces and and wrapping his story around what he wants to do on on film. This one had an actual legit story. The MacGuffin actually turned out to be useful. I knew exactly what he was talking about when he started talking about, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's for the space bridge. The design of the space bridge, transwarp key and everything. Space bridge, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But if they were going to go that route, they probably should have just stuck with the original Transformers cartoon storyline and just left it at that. Instead of trying to angle it and kind of make it all fit together, make all the movies fit together without like stepping over everything. Like Shia LaBeouf never coming back to Transformers. Yeah. Like I, I don't it's know not gonna be any it. type of fast X. He's a walking meme. He's blamed Transformers oh. for all the ills that have happened. In no, his life. he's gonna come back. It's gonna be Mark Wahlberg, Charlie Bow, Noah Diaz, dude, all fighting uh, for humanity. I kind of think that's what Steven Spielberg is hoping to do, and that's why he's not willing to just completely write him off as being gone. Even though they kind of said in the last night that he was dead, would have made a whole lot more sense to wrap up the whole thing with just his character because. He had a pretty profound character arc and stuff. And despite what anyone may say, the Bay films benefited from his human perspective. A good enough comedic and he's a good enough leading man in that regards. Lead it on and move the story and the plot along. There's one thing it got right. It got right with the casting in terms of those movies. This one, I'm going to disagree, man. Like, I was just sitting back like, oh, God. What's his name? Noah's going on about his family. I was just seeing Fast X. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Noah, you know, I mean, basically towards the end of the movie, especially when his brother's like, Sonic, Say, I'm together. doing this for you, man. I'm doing this for you. I'm going to get up. I, 
think this would have done better with better human leads. More human? No, different actors in those roles. Uh. Shoehorn around the need for that. I like the inclusion of the Transformers. Agree with the Maximals and stuff. The the cameos. The Maximals didn't make really a whole lot of sense. A Beast Wars contingent of Transformers. There's people that like that Beast Wars stuff. I'm not one of them. I'm on the Beast Wars thing with time travel. The future of Autobots. They end up going back in time to before the, before the Autobots woke up and Decepticons woke up. Mandate, for the most part, was protecting them, keeping them from being injured or destroyed, less right. than fucks up the timeline. That was one of the reasons I felt that it was so popular because Transformers, but at the same time, it was something different. And because the actual legit Transformers, they were still asleep during that million year period, that Jurassic period, and it was millions of years that the Autobots and Decepticons were shut down on Earth. The Maximals were operating and the Terracons were duking it out and stuff. So it's one of the reasons why they were popular. By doing this, it kind of hinted that they were a different species. But at the same time, like Ron Perlman said something about where your future, you're kind of like, what? And they didn't go into any further details about it. it. Made things a little too convoluted. So at one time, you're trying to turn your brain off to just enjoy the spectacle. On the other hand, they just kind of do things. and It kind of interrupts that. It would have done better if it had had better actors in those roles to kind of give us some blinders, entertainment value that didn't have us looking too closely at the story in that regard. Like I said, I like the CGI. No, CGI was good. I mean, I mean, towards the end, it was a little too much because again, yeah, it's like the Marvel situation. You just have a whole bunch of monsters fighting other CGI monsters, and then you have the humans on a green screen that is obviously green screen, and obviously they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. At least for me, early on, it didn't feel like they were talking to each other. Say what you want about the Bay films. Those damn things were damn near photorealistic. I mean, I remember in IMAX watching Dark of the Moon. And God damn it, I thought the damn buildings were fine. I thought shit was flying in the damn movie theater. <laughs> yeah. That shit was impressive. I was like, God, bless America. Like, the, the Bay films section. hold up even today. Yeah. The that second one is still insane. trash. You can call it trash, but it still looks good. In the last night, was a shit movie, but that end sequence when the whole freaking planet was getting dragged by Cybertron, that shit was like, God damn. That was impressive. This, it kind of like had that big Marvel fight sequence. You kind of like, yeah, I mean, particularly towards the end, it was a handful of Maximals and a handful of Autobots versus like a couple thousand enemies. They were just one-off and and stuff. I appreciated the designs. I like that they went with the old school designs, especially when Optimus Prime popped up, transformed for the first time. I was like, hell yes, that's what I'm talking about. I can't put this above the Bay films. Third one is still remains top for me. Um, And honestly, I don't know how much longer this can keep going. Yeah, I I mean, particularly the person that's doing the voice of Optimus Prime. I think at some point, this is probably going to be AI-generated. I think a lot of it was AI-generated. You can tell he modulated yeah, just so you can have the same sound and voice. I'm like, he's 81. Let yeah. me step in. So, Go ahead, man. You, you, couple I'm, I'm of things. Yeah, I'm good. good so, a couple of things. This movie is not bad. No, not bad at all. I mean, obviously, I'm a hip hop head, so the music was okay. But I think Did you guys noticed like some of the music they were playing, even though it was from the 90s, actually came out yeah. after 1994. Yeah, yeah. For me, I would just call this movie hokey. A standpoint of the story that the story was obviously written. Somewhere in that time period between 2020 and 2022. The sick kid, the minorities, the intelligent Negro. And I'm kind of getting tired of that stuff. Story side, 
I mean, particularly with Bumblebee, can we just stop having him not being able to speak? That was a thing for the movie, not... Yeah, and ah, a thing for the Michael Bay movie. Sense. So if we're going to talk about this being a prequel, like, just let him talk. <laughs> and we'll figure I out mean, why... he was talking at the end of the last one. He was just talking in original Bay films, like, stop. It was... Yeah. Enough of that. It's kind of dumb. Yeah, I mean, at some point, Transformers has run its course. A series. And it was really those last two movies that really destroyed it. And I understand everything now is always in reboot mode or it is in reimagining mode. Either one, you just need to start fresh and clean. None of the Michael Bay stuff can translate over. I would also say the same thing with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That if they do another live action movie, do not make it anything related to the ones that just came out maybe like less than four or five years ago. But I agree. With this. This just needs to start completely over. Probably just be on Cybertron. The end. So, like, before they turn into cars and stuff, like, whatever their Cybertronian forms are, that's all we need to see. We don't need to always have the humans and doing all this other stuff. That What if all... they did a prequel? I'm just saying start fresh. Screw Michael you Bay. okay with that? A prequel? No, not even a prequel. Just be done with it. Like, this is a Transformer. the a war in Cybertron. You have them going at it. This is blasphemy. It's the guy who I was literally sitting at the edge of my seat in the first Transformers movie waiting for Peter Cullen to speak. And it's out of the first words of Optimus Prime. New voices. New everything. Crash. What was done before? It's over I mean, 20 they've years already old. It's done it. Old. They've already it's done he it. He will forever be Optimus Prime. He will never be. I understand that. I get that. But, but they have already done that on the cartoon side. But there's other people that exactly. voice Optimus Prime. The fire on that. There's plenty of fire on that. Doesn't matter at this point. We just need to disconnect this from Michael Bay. If you just want to do this all CG. And Steven Spielberg. For the most part, this is a Steven Spielberg production. So. Yeah, but. Hold the thing. And then Dominique Fishback. I understand she can act. I understand she has her own TV show. But, I mean, man, was she terrible in this. Yeah, I don't think anyone of them can act, man. Honestly, I don't think... Um, the I, Anthony I, Ramos I guy like was Ramos. okay. He was okay. Nah, he's all right. But... I thought his younger brother played a better role. Fish- oh, man. I really want to go back to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I agree with that on that. Like, they should have been, from his perspective, the younger brother than that one. Where his younger brother just kind of comes up and helps out every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't believe that, that, that there's Optimus okay. Prime or the Maximal Beast Wars going on and he eventually believes his brother. Like something like that makes more sense. Again, this is not a bad movie, but it is just a retread of things that have already been done. Dark of the Moon is a much better movie. The first movie is a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Second movie is the best one. No, 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 it's not. Then maybe this movie, and then maybe Bumblebee, and then those last two, like the two. Uh, and Age uh, of Extinction was. China bad. Yeah. The last night was like Michael Bay showing off. Look at the pretty colors. Go to scores. Then we'll talk about the after credit sequences. Yes. So, Matt, what score would you give Transformers Rise of Beast? 10? <laughs> no, I'd give it an 8. Like I said, the last 10 minutes for me, it just left me scratching my head. I'm just like, really, we're going back to what caused the other movies to be horrendous? Things that didn't make sense. Actors who had we had to give them something significant, although realistically wouldn't happen. But however amount of minutes prior to that, 
It was a pretty good movie. Believe it or not, I actually like uh, Mirage's role in this. He was funny, kept things entertaining, and actually just wasn't there for comic relief, but had an impact as far as the storyline. So I'll still give it an eight. I'll definitely watch it again. All right, Keith. Check this a little bit differently. Like, so I'm just gonna give this thing a five. I'm not a five. Like, I couldn't sit through this a second time. What were the scores of the other movies then you'd give? If that one's a I mean, five, I'd probably say number one's an eight. One, three, you thought number movies? two was good? I didn't oh, hate on it. You can say that, but Mm-mm. I mean, it was, it was the <laughs> Fallen. I would the... watch that. Uh, actually, I haven't watched that in like ten years. But that movie's still. bad. Fallen. That movie's bad. That's horrible. That movie's really bad. That is a horrible movie. That's up there with what's the one that DC movie where the girl was twerking at the end? Suicide Squad. Yeah, that ranks up there with that, Keith. The Fallen. Fallen's not even a real character. The Fallen. They made that up. Hey, it was it they was made a segue between the first movie and the third movie. So there you go. Puts it above it's this. Not one. even a real Transformer character. That's like the Mortal Kombat movie where they made up the last one where they made up that guy who beat Goro, who Goro had thousands of years ago. Yeah, and he's not coming back for the end of the video games, but he will be in the, the sequel. That movie. I understand how that made enough money to, to warrant a sequel. That one guy who plays uh, Scorpions in it. Well, I mean, it. the problem was that it came out during the pandemic, so it gets a pass. That's why. Right, maybe so it was that... maybe it was Sub Zero. I'll give it a five point five. How about that? I'll give it a six. Again, this movie is passable. I called it hokey. It is just a run of the mill movie that anyone could have done this movie has already been done in the same franchise maybe with a lot less humor and a lot less michael bay-ish style to it and i will say that at least that was done properly where you don't have those kind of michael bay moments that are the jokey moments or the or the sexualization of underage girls hey i'm 18 she's 17 and but i think transformers needs to die at this point, yeah, and I don't no. think I don't think there's um, in movie form. Uh, it, again, it ago, again, it's, it's done. Transformers. Teenage Does that Mut- rank up there with Batman that needs to go? Teenage no, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles needs to go. About to come out with another movie. Ninja well, where is the Thundercats movie? How about that? Where is the He Man movie? I know the He Man movie. It was a He Man movie. I know that is in development. It might be filming or it might be done. But where is that movie at? Give me that stuff. And I don't want to see another six, seven Transformers movies. I do. They just can't have glasses and they can't have mustaches. So we talk about Marvel all the time. That this kind of started almost at the same time. It was like 2007, 2008 was Iron Man. And they're still going. And we see the flaws in the Marvel formula. I see the same flaws in the Transformers formula. That you have to involve all these humans for whatever reason because you have to have the humans in it. Just put it on Cybertron. Let's go into the after credit stuff. And one of the things is that Noah Diaz, who was trying to get a job in the first couple of scenes when he's introduced, he's still trying to apply for a job. He goes 
to this one place for a job, and it's kind of like a warehouse. And he meets, uh, I forgot what that guy's name is, but he always shows up in a lot of stuff. He's always like a, a bit actor. He's like, hey, wasn't you in Peru with your friends? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. When you figure it out, you can join us. And it basically turns into G.I. Joe at that point. How would you guys feel about that? said previously that probably needed to kind of put them together. I mean, this is um, like kind of a 21 Jump Street, Men in Black thing, or people were talking about uh, Fast Access needs to turn into like Transformers. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I don't Transformers. That's how they can get around now the whole the technology issue. Yeah, now it's the multiverse. Everything now needs to be a convergence of properties, universes, bring everybody, the worlds collide, type thing. Bring back the Wayans brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're you with that one. He flips it over in the car. Says GI Joe. I was just like, uh, that, that was painful. Like I maybe ten years ago, this might have made a difference. Exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is way too low. I was telling my wife that. I was like, if this had happened in 2017, 2015, I'd have been pumped. Yeah. But as it is now, G.I. Joe is so trash. I can't even think about it. Like, I don't even know what the hell they're going to do with that mess. I know they've been trying to do it for a while, and they were just trying to have it work in a way where it wasn't a cash grab. Huh. Uh, I remember. I remember listening to the interview. Well, I mean, you also have to remember the last G.I. Joe movie was that Snake Eyes movie, and that joy did not do well. Yeah, and that, was, and that wasn't that long ago. That was almost a year and a half ago. That was a pandemic time. It was, it was trash. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was horrible. He what was he thinking a, about that shit? He had such an awesome background. So, honestly, Snake Eyes is equivalent to the Wolverine of X-Men. Everyone just likes him, but well, this yeah. is horrible. But the problem with Snake Eyes has always been, first and foremost, G.I. Joe as we know it. The G.I. Joe that we know with Duke Scarlet, Snake Eyes. This is also another franchise that The Rock has appeared in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Go ahead. Go ahead and make um, This was firmly in the 80s. And in the 80s, there were two things that were hot. Mm-hmm. Russia was the enemy. And ninjas. Uh, it was all about America. <laughs> Russia was the bad guy. Commies were bad. And we were about to beat them. And ninjas. <laughs> well, I don't think people get two shits about ninjas nowadays, except for me. Well, you everything know, I, now is probably zombies, but yeah. Yeah, but now it's zombies. And so that's one of the reasons why Snake Eyes didn't go anywhere. There's really no reason for that Snake Eyes to come identity out. identity politics movie. Exactly. So like, they should have done. Golding, who got a lot of acclaim for Crazy Rich Asians, is somehow typecast <laughs> and set to be Snake Eyes. Right now, since movies are an international market nowadays, you can't just come out with this bullshit like that. You you can't have that. That movie came out, which was like 21, right? Was it 21? Like, when did Snake Eyes come out? When did this movie take place? No, I'm talking about Snake Eyes. I'm just talking about the time frame. So Snake Eyes came out 2021. From that time to this, like now, movies have changed. You can't put out this type of garbage now. (laughs) Much like Transformers, you've got a bunch of movies that came out in a relatively short period. It doesn't make sense for that anymore. Like the Marvel formula is failing. You can't do some extended or expanded universe anymore. 
Everybody's doing it now. Everything's the metaverse. Everything's the, again, when worlds collide and trying to pair up one thing and pair up something else. Man, it would not surprise me if John Wick shows up in Mission Impossible or something. (laughs) Hey, that'd be awesome. Cameos. Always something now that, again, everything has to be that meta joke or, hey, did you see this? And it's like, you know, at that point, when Marvel was doing that kind of in the heyday, so this would be like, 2013 to like 2019 where you're like oh did you see that and maybe they'll start doing this and then they're not going to do any of that because Marvel doesn't care about any of that they don't care about Mm -hmm. you they're not going to do it or the same thing with Star Wars I mean how does a company that has the biggest franchise in movie history the most profitable movies series in movies history, other than The Godfather, screw it up. A cameo. I mean, it was like, oh, it's going to be G.I. Joe, and it's kind of like starring Noah Diaz. I'm like, I have. Who is he? Yeah, no. Is he going to be the first Joe or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's I mean, they had already done that. That was Bruce Willis. I'm not feeling it. So we'll just go on. And I guess Pete Davidson's trying to repair his career because he's showing up in a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, he was in Fast X. Uh, that Kardashian thing apparently did something for him, so. I don't know. At this point, again, just let this die. I mean, I know that will likely be another movie in another two, three years, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, we'll just call it that. So. An 8 gave it a 5.5, and I gave it a 6. And again, this is not a terrible movie, but again, it's just redundant based off of what we've already seen from Transformers and any other movie similar to this. (laughs) So, Beast Game Podcast.